our first lesson for this first Sunday in Advent is found recorded in the book of Isaiah, chapter 63, beginning at the second half of verse 16. You, the Lord, are our Father. Our Redeemer from everlasting is your name. Why do you cause us to wander from your ways, Lord? Why do you harden our heart so that we do not fear you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your heritage. Oh, that you would rip open the heavens and come down. Mountains then would quake because of your presence. As fire ignites stubble and as fire makes water boil, make your name known to your adversaries. Then nations would quake in your presence. You did amazing things that we did not expect. You came down. Mountains quake because of your presence. From ancient times no one has heard, no ear has understood, no eye has seen any God except you who goes into action for the one who waits for him. You meet everyone who joyfully practices righteousness, who remembers you by walking in your ways. But you were angry because we sinned. We have remained in our sins for a long time. Can we still be saved? All of us have become like something unclean, and all our righteous acts are like a filthy cloth. All of us have withered like a leaf, and our guilt carries us away like the wind. There is no one who calls on your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. So you hid your face from us. You made us melt by the power of our guilt. But now, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are our potter. All of us are the work of your hand. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at the third verse. St. Paul writes, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of the grace of God given to you in Christ Jesus. You are enriched in him in every way, in all your speaking and all your knowledge, because the testimony about Christ was established in you. As a result, you did not lack any gift as you eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also keep you strong until the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, beginning at the 32nd verse. Jesus said, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, be alert, and pray, because you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he left his home, he put his servants in charge and assigned what each one was to do. He also commanded the doorkeeper to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or early in the morning. 
If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. When I, what I say to you, I say to everyone, keep watch. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is the very words of Jesus in Mark chapter 13, beginning at the 32nd verse. I will read these words once again. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, be alert, and pray, because you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going away on a journey. When he left his home, he put his servants in charge to sign what each one was to do. He also commanded the doorkeeper to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or early in the morning. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, keep watch. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I believe the saying goes, why do today what you could put off till tomorrow? Procrastination. It flows in all of our veins, doesn't it? That very blood of putting things off and thinking that it can wait till tomorrow. Even though, as the old saying goes as well, tomorrow never comes. But my friends, putting off and being procrastinators, be very, very careful. And, and when it comes to procrastination, I have to honestly say and confess that when I was in school, I was an expert in procrastination. I knew how to do it well, and I suffered because of it. I remember one time that is very vivid in my mind when I had a paper that was due on Friday and I stayed up all night on Thursday working on that paper, absolutely no sleep, and still didn't get it done. So I went to the professor begging and pleading not to deduct any credit from my paper. Give me a chance and I will get it done. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you till Monday. Monday morning, hand in your paper. Excellent. I couldn't thank him enough. The end of Friday came, didn't work on the paper. Didn't work it on it Sunday or Saturday. Didn't work on it Sunday till about midnight I finally got to it. Ended up staying up all night trying to get that paper done so I could hand it in first thing Monday morning. Oh, my friends, procrastination is not a wise way to go, ever. And it's certainly not wise to procrastinate with your Lord God when it comes to your relationship with Him. My friends, the word that we're hearing from Jesus is to wake up and stop your procrastinating with Him. And instead, watch, be alert, and pray. Jesus would say these words on Tuesday of Holy Week. Jesus would suffer and die on Friday. We call it Good Friday. But the Tuesday before, he was preaching and teaching in the temple. And he actually had some time to spend it with his disciples. 
And what he shared with them on that Tuesday was all about the end times, what to expect, and also looking at Judgment Day itself. And when God will separate the believers from the unbelievers, the sheep from the goats. Believers he will take to heaven, the unbelievers he will send to hell. But sandwiched in all of this was to remind them that you do not know when that last day will be. And because you do not know it, you better watch. Which means two important things. Watch because God has given you an assignment. And watch because those Christian duties are to be carried out now. In order to emphasize this and to drive home the facts that he wanted them to take to heart, as well as all of us, he used once again his famous teaching tool, the parable. And in this parable, he talks about the owner of the house needing to go on a long journey, and he put his servants in charge of the business and, and the care of the property, and along with it, he assigned to them individual tasks. He even put someone at the door to be a, to be a doorkeeper who was to be a lookout. Now, since this is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, we have to keep in mind that the one that who left the owner of the house as the Lord and Savior Jesus himself, who ascended into heaven with the promise that he would return on the last day. And has he assigned to all of us duties? And does he have expectations for all of us? Absolutely. By the way, the doorkeeper, we would probably say pastors and teachers who are to be the leaders of the flock. But the servants themselves would be his believers. And what is that assignment that God has given you? I want to draw your attention to the opening three petitions in the Lord's Prayer. I feel it would be an excellent way to remember the God-given duties and expectations that the Almighty has for us. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. He would open with the address and say, Our Father who art in heaven. And following that, he would have seven petitions. The first one being, Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Now you and I can't make God's name holy, knowing that we are by nature sinful human beings. But we can certainly treat God's name holy in the sense that we use his name, which is revealed in his holy word, in preaching the truth of his holy word. False doctrine has no place within the Christian church, and yet Satan is out there working. Even Jesus had to say, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. It is God's holy will that we know that holy word and take that holy word to, to heart and let God speak for himself. It is not the right for, for you and me to go and pick and choose what we want to listen to or even begin to change and manipulate it to feel in, in what we think might be godly. 
You let God speak for himself. Holy is his name. It's not about holy is my name or yours. The second petition, your kingdom come. Oh, we pray in that, in that petition that Jesus would rule because the kingdom has a king and the king of kings is the Lord Jesus himself, our savior. And certainly he rules from the glories of heaven, but he also rules here on earth in the hearts of people by his holy word and the faithful preaching and teaching of his holy word. So therefore, my dear friends, when we pray your kingdom come, we pray that Jesus would rule in the hearts of more and more people, knowing that he's ruling in our hearts. We pray that he would rule in the hearts of others, that we have an opportunity to also share his holy name. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We heard at Thanksgiving when I considered the words from 1 Timothy where St. Paul wrote concerning God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And that means all people to come to the knowledge of the truth and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. This is God's holy will. And just think, in keeping with his holy will, he gave us the privilege and honor to share that holy name with others. Not to know it just ourselves and not to keep it to ourselves, but to share it with others. And he even blessed us with talents and abilities that actually complement as a congregation gathers together. And I cannot emphasize enough the importance of using your talents and abilities for the number one reason God gave us talents and abilities. Not for you to simply go get a job, raise a family, have a mortgage payment, but he gave you talents and abilities to share his holy name. Remember who you are in Christ Jesus. Yes, you are believers. And as believers in Christ, you are his witnesses. You are his ambassadors who have been called to make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching people everything that Christ has commanded us. So when it comes to watching, we're not just putting our head in the clouds. We're watching by carrying out the God-given duties that we are responsible to carry out. They come from the Almighty. And now is the time to carry out those duties. When Jesus says, keep watch, in the original language, that's actually one word. And the word is actually an imperative. An imperative is a verb that's used as a command, but it can also be used as an invitation. There are two types of imperatives in the original language. There is one that is a past tense. It's actually called an aorist. 
And this past tense, when I see that word, and, and I see the verb is in that form, it tells me immediately that the command he is giving is now. Do it now. It's like a one and done. But when I see a verb imperative that is in the present tense, that means now do it and continue to do it. Don't stop doing it. The word that is before us is in the present tense. Watching is not a one and done. That's not what Jesus said. Continue to watch. Don't stop watching. Why? Because you do not know when the time and day is going to be of his coming. He hasn't revealed it to us. And what is even quite alarming is when he even says, the angels don't know this, nor the Son, but only the Father. Why wouldn't the Son know it? For Jesus is the Son. He's the Son of God. He would know all things. He's fully God. But keep in mind this, that Jesus took on human flesh. He didn't give up his divinity. I reject any thought that says that. But he didn't make full and constant use of it so that he could be our Savior and die on the cross for the sins of the world. And yes, the Son of God died for our sins, paid for our sins, and won for us the victory because he is the Son of God and Son of Man. This is the Savior and the only Savior we need. Once again, he's not one among many. He's the only one. And this is the true Jesus we worship, the true God we worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but one God, the triune God. So with that in mind, watch now. You do not know when the end and the last day will come. And even though you don't know it, doesn't mean that he's not coming. Any preacher that tells you he knows the day, any preacher that proclaims that and reveals what day it will be is a false teacher and a false prophet. Do not follow such a man or woman. They would be liars. God has not revealed it to us. But what he has revealed is to watch. And we watch celebrating his first coming as the Savior was laid in that manger and would exchange that manger for the cross, paying for the sins of the world. We celebrate watch by looking forward to his second coming on the last day as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, our judge, who is our Savior. And therefore, we don't have to live in fear as we watch, but we do so with anticipation. My dear friends, I cannot say it enough. Watch. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.